Susan Felth, the Citizen Kane of podcasting. Modern man is confronted with so many movies. Which ones are films? And which ones are filth? In at number 93, it's the film about the average Stone Age family. But not an average film about the Stone Age family. <laughs> I just want to say that if you have a problem with gambling, the National Helpline 1-800-GAMBLER will connect you to the National Council on Problem Gambling. Get help. That's how a lot of TV shows start these days. They're like, here, you know, this, this episode is going to disturb you, so here's a mental health link before we start. <laughs> The okay, depiction the of gambling misogyny? in this film. Where's the misogyny <laughs> link, though? Like, if you have a problem, like, uh, taking, you know, not valuing women for their actual worth. I mean, 1-800-misogyny. That's, <laughs> that's great. I think Fred was valuing thing. Wilma for a lot less than she was worth. So this I don't want to, like, get out of the order of things, but I also jumped into the first movie. So this was the prequel to the actual Flintstones with John Goodman and, mm. and Rick Moranis. They really took a lot of that misogyny out that was present in the first film. And I'm really grateful for it because it actually makes the film stand out a little. It, it survives the so, test of time a little so bit So you took this assignment so seriously, you watched both films just to, You're not understanding. to be able to put this one in context? <laughs> I enjoy <laughs> both of them. <laughs> that, you, would almost, you could say that because the, the female leads in this film are so much better than the male leads that this film is a uh well i don't know well, you can't say it's not, it doesn't pass the Bechdel <laughs> test at no, all no <laughs> i'm sure it doesn't i'm sure it doesn't we've got I mean, some ground they first meet Th it did bliss yeah. i mean that was just yeah. genuine you know human Pretty concern fun. and they weren't talking about men at all at that point but i guess we got uh ground to cover so here i'll just spout out stuff we're okay, doing do the flintstones uh, viva las vegas uh, Viva, Rock, Viva Rock, Vegas. Rock Vegas, Viva Rock. Yes, excuse me. I'm, I'm, yeah. The Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. Let's get it right. Let's get the prepositions all right. I, I think I'm. I think I'm wrong anyway. So, <laughs> people oh, here. Correct. I'm Matt. I'm Luke. I'm Mark. We have guests, multi guests. There's a lot of voices today coming in from Mission Log, the Oroville. We have Jessica Limverdi and Mike Richards. I'm Jessica. Hello. Oh, sorry. There's Jessica. You're Jessica. <laughs> Mike, you're and I'm Mike. You did it. Okay. Cool. Like. uh you know, Mark is like, quit talking inside baseball. But when I started the podcast, like everybody requested this film. Mike <laughs> requested it first. So Mike got mm -hmm. it. And then Jessica requested it. I'm like, well, she does podcasts with Mike anyway. So let's make this a uh, a, a a larger podcast for today. And uh, round so, table. Yeah. It's made of made of stone. It's a round stone table. A bedrock I'm gonna put table. As rock, I'm going to put as many damn rock puns in this episode as possible. <laughs> oh no, that's not even a pun. It's just a stone table. <laughs> I know. That's the they just call it a table. <laughs> Mark, we should have got stoned before we started. There yeah, we go. You're right. <laughs> Correct. So, has anybody watched this movie before we did it for this podcast? Because I had not. I had only seen the first one. I may have seen the first one. Wow. I hadn't seen either. And so I usually wait, watch anything on, with John Goodman in it. <laughs> is he in it? No, but he was in one. the Flintstones. The he was doing what? He was Fred in the 1994 film. 
Oh, I thought you were talking about John Champion because that's our mutual. <laughs> okay. John Champion is Fred Flintstone. Would pay to watch. Yes. Oh. Yes. I think that's right. Uh, John Champion as Gazoo, probably a better casting choice. Actually, you're correct. But <laughs> I don't However, want Gazoo in anything, so, please. No, that's fair also. I, I have a serious, very serious question then, Mike. Why did you want to do this film then if you hadn't even seen it? Because I'd never seen it. Uh, I like to watch things I hadn't seen before. And also thought it would be fun. It is fun. And how do you feel now? Are you regretful? No, I had a blast watching this movie. Like, as soon as, like, the opening credits rolled and I saw Joan Collins, I was like, holy crap. And then I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, my God, that's John Cho. And then I was like, you know, we got to hear Anne Margaret belt out Viva Rock Vegas. When else do you get to hear that? I mean, like, it was actually, like, genuinely fun. And I loved the Flintstones growing up. And more probably off closely related i would say is i loved the honeymooners i grew up in new york just just with honeymooners reruns on every night you know with um you know the odd couple and probably right around the same same night that i would watch the evening uh syndicated showing of star trek the original series so this this show was an animated version of the honeymooners right and I, it was I'm i just curious. thought it was a blast our kids nowadays getting exposure to these old hanna barbera things like i know scooby-doo still sort of in the zeitgeist but could you say flintstones to a kid that's under 15 right now that would know what it is you could barely fly, stay flintstones to a kid my age and i know what it is <laughs> oh come on you didn't watch yeah. any flintstones well i was aware of it because pe it was mentioned in other things i see right but okay. i don't know if i ever watched the but i also these came out when i was a kid so i watched these ones but that if they have boomerang um which is you know i think the the hanna-barbera uh centric streaming channel that they would you know get that i mean kids like cartoons but and I honestly think, this think... wasn't even a kid's cartoon but this was a primetime cartoon that's it i think really? the older cartoons initial run. do survive but i don't know if flintstone specifically does well the thing about it's the more the slapstick and everything it was the longest running animated sitcom by far until the Simpsons surpassed it. in I think 1996. By <laughs> yeah, by far. And then the Simpsons has, I think, tripled, quadrupled its length. I, I'm not sure if Boomerang still exists. If it does, I'm sure David Zaslov is trying to get rid of it right now. Sure, I believe that as well. Um, I, I just don't even know if it would hold a kid's interest. Oh, it's, sure. been, it's been gone for uh, 20 years. <laughs> Sorry. What has Simpsons? Boomerang. Oh, Boomerang. okay. Boomerang it's ended been in 2004. Gone? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, Mike I just lost that, 20 man. years of his life. Something <laughs> tells me y'all aren't going to edit that part out either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to look it up and it makes me sad. So, uh, anyway, hmm. you know what else makes me sad? The Great Gazoo. He pops up like a pop up every time he popped up. It was like I was trying to push the X. I was trying to find the X to close him. Yeah, the, like the film, the I, film I, starts with the like Great Gazoo, and I was I, like, I thought, "Yeah, it I was thought it was that that was the yeah that that was the the the, the entry into the film was the uh, was the Great Gazoo's uh, exile coming." This was his My great casting. Was, but, wait, doesn't everyone hate this guy? That is the symbol. That's like the scrappy do of the Flintstones, except the difference is. The Flintstones ran for way longer than Scooby Doo did, so it's, it's just, like it's... the cousin Oliver of the Brady Bunch. Mm. Um, yeah. Isn't cousin Oliver the cousin Oliver of the Brady Bunch? 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. If you're being literalist. <laughs> what side of the Brady Bunch was he cousin of? Uh, I don't know. Probably, uh, probably side. Carol's. He had he had okay. blonde. The man side. So he said. I just thought he was a boy, so he'd come from the because it's like one the, side of the family, the man side. One instead of jumping the shark, they got a cousin Oliver, and instead of canceling the Flintstones, they got a kazoo. I'm understanding what you're saying, but I still think they, hmm. first of all, they didn't overuse use kazoo. They that is fair. Just used him properly, and then it's awesome to have Alan coming be back as Mick Jagged too. So like, it's kind of cool to get him do two different things and some of his specialty. Uh, I didn't even realize that was him. You yeah. did I take I take no, some I issue with that character. <laughs> Why? I felt like I can hear the reason just I, I loved when he said when he said something like I'm a I'm a one I'm a one woman man baby except on the road. On the road doesn't count. I'm a one woman man baby. This is how British people talk, isn't it? I realize that well that's how Mick Jagger talks and I realized so this is I've seen the movie a couple times I saw the original Flintstones Adam drive-in theater and I when I was watching the Mick Jagged character I realized I've done vocal like you know how like you like have inside jokes with family or friends or whatever or with yourself from watching something I do yeah 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 and I didn't remember <laughs> where it was what it was from until I rewatched it today yeah 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 <laughs> Oh so second, a big influence on me. So I when guess. you said a, a drive-in theater, for one second I thought you said uh, Adam Driver's theater. <laughs> I, like, I don't hear about this. You're getting oh. invited to movie nights. I Adam did. Driver. I did go to Bo Bridges's uh, movie theater at his house, okay. but that's about as high as it gets for me. So, but not Adam Driver cool. now. Yeah, not too bad. What, the, what did he play for you? The the Baker Boy, the fabulous Baker Boys, or so what, it uh... was. I was friends with his daughter at high school, and we watched Run Lola Run and like Train Spotting. It was like where like the theater kids thought we were cool watching edgy foreign films, and I I only say foreign because they called Mick Jagged foreign. Yeah. Okay. So wait, are we take suggest? That <laughs> yeah, take that foreigner. I was like, oh, I'm actually. I think I was offended. Um. So are you saying Stephen Baldwin is not perfectly cast in this role? He's so not interested in his hair. Is not he won a Razzie for his hair? I don't understand. He did. He did. He was at least not at least nominated for one. And 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 I wonder because like when they gave out the little slates, right? When they were to the cops to look for Barney and Fred, it was it was the cartoon version. Did you guys notice that when they and you know they had his you know look like Barney, um, and I was like, does 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 Stephen Baldwin just is it in his contract that he just has to have that signature butt cut that he just sort of like <laughs> had during that period of time? I I I don't know. He well, doesn't get a haircut also, for you. He does. He does. He's in Biodome too, right? Which basically same character. Polly Shore with him. Yeah. Yeah, no, you know, Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin, right? Right. Better than I guess he kind of was Barney Rubble in that movie. I didn't really think about it while I was watching I, it. I'm just realizing it now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm learning more about myself. I also loved that movie, too. It's terrible, but I, it's great. Yeah. Where does, I, where I does Threesome no... show up on your list? <laughs> I've never seen that. But mm, I, okay. there is the one where Tiffany Amber Thiessen's in, and it's Polly Shore. And I Daughter-in-law. Like yeah, I do like that one. Wasn't he in Son-in-law. Silver? Son-in-law, excuse me. But yeah, what? no, that was William Baldwin. I'm sorry. Retracted. So ah, William Baldwin's. Baldwin was the, was the sliver guy. I want to see Alec Baldwin as 
Barney Rubble. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, you cast I mean, him he, as Fred. He's Mr. Slate. And Barney is. Oh, he is Mr. Slate. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I just remembered this too. I was excited the second I we I saw this on the list. Viva Rock Vegas. I was like, all right, awesome. I'm in because Kyle McLaughlin, and he's in the first one. Yeah. Yeah. The first <laughs> so one has. I looked back at the cast of the first one. I'm like, th- I forgot how ridiculous that cast is stacked. Um, <clears throat> even I mean, though Elizabeth I... Taylor alone. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently I, I read on IMDb. She got like 300 bouquets of flowers delivered to her dressing room. It was her last film that she ever did. Really? Yeah. And this was the last one for uh, Harvey Corman. Yeah. You know, Joan no. Collins is nothing to sneeze at. But she's no, not sees that. She did a good she's job a as um, very good, um, very good. And then when I saw Harvey Corman in the opening credits, yeah, too, I thought, wow, this is. And then Anne Margaret, uh, also that showed up in the opening credits. Also, it's a title theme or something right. like that by Anne Margaret. I was just like, what, what, what Hollywood magic have I stumbled across? Here's well, why Harvey I have a Corman. Problem. Go ahead, please. Oh, voice of Great Gazoo, but go ahead. Is he in, in yeah the, in the original right? series? That's yep. funny. Well, so, yep. so here's what here's why I think it's a good film. Ultimately, this is universal at its best practical sets in jokes casting from all, all, all the whole gamut of basically going deep into their roster of who they can cast. And and also the CGI is still not bad, guys. For 2000, it's not okay. bad. It's OK. Dino's sort of believable but anyway like you go back to the first one the first one with all the mcdonald's jokes and i i just i was just the perfect age for this to land on me and have an impression i think although i was how old was i at 2013 14 something like that yeah i every time there was a montage where there were people running around and dinosaurs doing things i was completely delighted Mm -hmm. it's delightful it's delightful for sure i I would say I really enjoyed the film until it got into the main plot. <laughs> Forty-five the, minutes the into Vegas the movie, one. when they yes. when they mention Rock Vegas yeah, for then, the first time, yes. <laughs> the whole like, oh, I'm gonna try and get her back, and I'm gonna trick Barney to get that. That stuff was all just so like played out. It so it was so Billy yeah. Zane, man. It was so. Uh... I was. Just, oh, you read my mind. Out. And also, yeah. they stopped yeah. putting jokes in at that point like yeah it got really serious and it was just about a guy with a gambling problem yeah. <laughs> who like take advantage greg of. you know greg from dharma and greg was just allowed to run a casino like it's totally legal to run a casino in real life also, all i could think was criminal minds greg from dharma and greg i, yeah. I kept putting in my notes you can't do this greg from dharma and greg <laughs> that over that's all i could think of and i looked well, at the scientologist he's not a scientologist she is she is my my wife came down and she was like what are you watching and i go the flintstones and viva rock vegas and she was like why and i go i'm i go i'm working and she was like oh okay and then she comes down later she goes you're still watching this i go yeah and she goes what i like about this movie is that like all of the main cast members were like secondary cast members and like everything else they did and i'm like you know except john collins but she was like criminal minds guy third rock chick you know whatever whatever and i was like you know good good point you know I, this is probably the highest billing stephen baldwin ever got but you know but he was you know like like you guys said he was in biodome and threesome uh but what i would say also is that um i looked at her and go you owned this movie didn't you 
And she goes, my my mom did. <laughs> Why did her mom own the movie? Her mom was to to her last days was a was a collector of physical media. Um, even if it was just a, a couple of dollar DVD that you could rent for a couple of bucks, she would she would buy it and then just own it. Uh, I was anticipating that, like my mother watches. You'll do that. <laughs> well, I, but you can't blame you can't be blamed for that, especially when they're like taking everything off of streaming. Mm. Um, or or there's like no there's no sacred. She must have been a visionary then. It it has been difficult to watch every single one of these films. So I will, <laughs> I will every single one legally. Well, okay. very there easy was to that just one. put into Google. Yes. Watch Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas. And it's the so, first result. The movie I have hated the most, Stan Helsing, was just on YouTube. But yeah. everything else has been difficult. So I will entreat the listener to actually watch this one. It may be on the, quote, filth list. But um, I, it's, I think everybody here, like, enjoyed watching it to at least some extent, especially well, what about 45 you, minutes. Yeah, oh, yeah, I was having a blast watching it. But um, anyway, my, my prelude is I, I, I'm going to shoehorn this plot summary in real quick. Just in oh, case oh, the listener, just in case the listener has not had a review (laughs) maybe you should pause and review i don't know but if you didn't here we go bachelor buddies fred flintstone and barney rubble have just qualified as professional dino crane operators and now they want to dive into the dating scene wilma slag hoople is a rich girl who simply wants to go bowling in bedrock and not be betrothed to swarmy casino owner chip rockefeller wilma escapes into bedrock and is taken in by betty o'shale a waitress who assumes that wilma is caveless The four of these characters meet and go on a double date at a carnival, during which the pairings switch. Wilma reveals her rich girl status, and the couples attend a formal dinner to celebrate Wilma's father's birthday, Colonel Slaghoople. Despite some fish-out-of-water tomfoolery, Chip is unable to attract Wilma's attention from Fred, and so invites the couples to his casino, where he plans to break them up through shenanigans. Fred gambles a bit too much, and Chip plants Wilma's expensive pearls on him, and calls him out as a thief. Meanwhile, Betty runs to the arms of rock star Mick Jagged after seeing Barney walk off with a casino girl. Both brother, both bros, I wrote, both bros end up in jail, though it is fortunately easy to escape a dino's ribcage. Chip makes his move towards Wilma, but true love prevails in a massive musical number. Fred marries Wilma, and Barney and Betty look to be next. Also, the great gazoo is in this movie. So oh you do. I mean, you could cut um, the great goose. Technically, technically, only uh, Fred qualified as a crane operator. Barney was a mechanic. Thank uh, you. Okay. I, that did Thank bother you. me. Yes. That did bother me. Okay, that's that's some yeah. lame blacktop stuff. You got the mechanic and the driver. Yeah. Okay. So, so great, the great film. <laughs> so was a great gazoo just here to like watch them have sex? Yes. 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 And then he gets to leave the planet, right? Well, that that was the plot device was in. The real reason okay. he was there for was was for exposition. I think. <laughs> okay well then that's fine he's he can be in there we've already been talking actors but yeah the 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 half the leads of the week i don't know if the leads of the week mark Addy. no i, don't I know. actually mark- think he was in he was in the full monty right yes because yes, yes. And he, and he was great in Thrones, that he is good i i did not like him as fred like at all and it wasn't just because john goodman was incredibly maybe he had an insecurity thing about having to follow up john goodman (laughs) what i liked about his portrayal was how he really leaned into the ralph cramden as played by jackie gleason uh character which which again that might have been 
two degrees of separation that that hurt his rec- recognizability as Fred Flintstone. But you know, if you if you know that the Flintstones was kind of riffing on the honeymooners, then to me it made it made it kind of cool, really. It made sense. I mean, he did. He, he, he wasn't did commit to the voice. I'll give him that. Yeah. <laughs> um, my it favorite of work, uh, especially if you're a kid, right? You're just watching mm-hmm. it and enjoying the yeah. colors. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, uh, my favorite of the main cast is Jane Krakowski. Is I was going to say that. She's so I'll rid- just double you. She's Jean. so good. <laughs> she's so good. I'm kind of like maybe it should have just been a movie about her. Yeah, I didn't want to watch the old one because uh, I I have to switch her out for Rosie O'Donnell, which uh, no, I think Rosie O'Donnell, her, but. Does Rosie O'Donnell do the voice of the um the, the, the like octopus? the octopus thing? Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes, so that's does. funny. Okay. And the guy So she so Rosie O'Donnell probably had a contract for two movies and then they were like, oh, fuck wow. that, we're getting Jane Krakowski. Yes, um so, <laughs> so you can be the you can be the blah, like, I doubt, like I doubt octopus monster. But that's incredible. <laughs> and also the guy that that um Wilma dunks by hitting him in the head at the carnival is part of the team of, of part of Fred's bowling team in the first movie because he's got a real Neanderthal look. So they used him <laughs> twice as well, too. I, I meant to look up what that guy else what else he has done because he's one of the more re- recognizable character actors in bit roles, but I didn't. So here we are. I, I sort of felt like uh, Wilma and Betty in this one, maybe, you know, the B-52s were in the first one, right? But I kind of mm. felt like the vibe. B-52s? Yeah, the BC fifty twos. I didn't watch that movie, dude. But okay. the, uh, the, the the vibe between them, I kind of felt. I mean, I you know sometimes I, I get on runs of watching B fifty twos videos and live stuff, and I right. kind of felt like they had a similar vibe to is it, is it Kate Pearson and um, Cindy Wilson, just you know with um, Betty being all like kind of bubbly and and stuff, and you know sort of a, a sterner presence with Wilma slash Kate Pearson. Still fun, of course, just. You know, I got yeah, like, and the uh, um and and Mick Jagged as uh what was what was the the male vocalist name in B fifty two's Fred, uh, Fred uh Schneider Schneider Fred Schneider yeah I want to say Schneider I think that's right Fred <laughs> Schneider the the problem I have I think Kristen Johnson was amazing in this but the writing like her character was written to be this like weird insecure I just want to get married and get knocked up real quick. Or, or maybe Fred wanted to knock someone up real quick. I can't remember exactly. There was a lot of daydreaming about what their life would be like, which we right. all knew what it would be like, which mm-hmm. uh, Mark hates prequels anyway. Um, <laughs> but oh. but I, I felt like this did not feel like the Wilma I knew from the cartoon at all. She she filled out that little uh, toga a lot nicer than the, the Wilma in the cartoon did. I'll say I that. Fair. Uh, I got, I I got some fan out that would disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she. I feel like she starved herself for that role. It was. I mean, I, I love that they didn't shy away from her being a taller woman, taller than the lead. Like, because that mm-hmm. can also be like a thing where they, you know, accommodate for that. So it was nice that they just let her be that. I feel like <laughs> everyone else besides her. Think about the difficulty of doing a show that's a throwback about a time, very time specific time that we, you know, and then it's set in the fifties. Also, <laughs> like it's a it's nineteen fifties. Pre, uh, protozoic era and she was the only one that didn't traverse back to that 1950s era with them well and, and i do like that you know when they were uh convinced her to wear her hair up that she was like but i'm i'm so tall already you know uh <laughs> it was, it was like it was kind of leaning into it i thought that was awesome yeah they just let her be tall which 
if you have a couple of my friends are tall and in the business and that is an issue just being tall so it was cool that she just got to, to do that she's a hottie with a body so you know she wasn't that great in the role as wilma that we know and love the first woman who plays her in the first movie is is pitch perfect but uh, she's hot at least i'm, I'm just maybe she had like too much plot in this movie, I'm not saying I'm, I'm just saying like they overplotted her so she couldn't have fun. Yeah, too much of the plot was taken up with women, you know. No, yeah, no, no. I'm just, too I'm much of her personality <laughs> was like I hate my mom and I hate being rich, which is not. I don't know. Sure, that can be that can be a source of conflict, but it doesn't relate to the Wilma but, that I know from the cartoons. If but it had I re- been, I want to be like. It wasn't like she had some moral implication that their wealth was bad it was just she's bored yeah she just hates it all these jerks who are boring which is yeah i mean that's understandable I, I, but that's not generally you're not gonna super be bummed about it and make it you just you're probably used to them being terrible by now because you're 18 <laughs> or 20 or however old she's supposed to be in this and uh anyway but but i do like that she wasn't willing to or or tied to that because um, I think we've all known people. Uh, sadly, I was not uh, raised in the same uh, circumstances, but I was raised around people that were that just have to do things a certain way. They have to marry a certain family type, a certain a certain you know sort of uh, caste level, um, and they're very happy to do that. They're very they're very willing, at least anyway, to accept their their fate. And I like the fact that that Wilma was not that she didn't want to just marry into the the Rockefeller family because that she was expected to. And I loved that her dad was okay with that. Like when her mom was like, I married for money and we're very happy. And her dad was like, and then at the end he was like, say it, say it. It's good enough. It's good enough. Just do it. <laughs> like I, like I, 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 mean, I dug that about him. He's Harvey Corbin. He can say whatever he wants to me. <laughs> yeah. He could call me a piece of shit and put a cigarette out of my eye. I'd be fine with it. And, and it was, he canonically Colonel, uh, slag. What was it? Slag. I don't know. Slag that yeah, Hoople. Yeah, Probably. is like Hoople even canonically her her past as well too? Yes. Or... Oh, wow. I remember that. Yeah, and uh, the mother-in-law was in there and very uh, problematically looked just like Wilma, except she got fat. Hmm. I'm looking at the uh, the rendition of Wilma's mother and the Flintstones, and she looks angry. <laughs> she looks angry here too just more like so, joan collins angry he was a colonel what war did he fight in that's the a prehistoric great question. war also the world they, war they negative five yeah the they called Lord of the Mick jagger foreign but the film <laughs> yeah. clearly took place on pangea <laughs> clearly, <laughs> clearly. okay clearly. Was they, they zoomed the in yeah. there was a line where uh she says that your grandfather got these pearls and they came right out of his shell. And I was like, is this an evolution joke? That was okay. That was great. I was totally blindsided. Okay, good, good. I'm glad you like, it's a clever, it's a clever, there's some certain things that like the writers just got to have some fun doing. I I also, I loved when, when Chip Rockefeller was like, there's been a crime committed and I need somebody to confess. And then the guy's like, I'm wearing somebody else's underwear. And somebody's like, I yeah. stole these towels. And the guy's like, I'm poisoning the dinosaurs. And people are like, shut up. And he's like, yeah, no, seriously, I'm poisoning yeah, the dinosaurs. They anybody care? And they're like, two no. times as well. It was great. That was the best. That was the best part of that half of the movie for sure. Yeah. Oh, you mean the, the best the part Vegas wasn't. Half. The best part wasn't when the guy told his wife that his her sister could be a showgirl because one of them looks like a man. 
<laughs> oh, my my question, my question for all of you is, and, and maybe more to more to Matthew since she used to live uh, in in Georgia. So do you Mark. think this movie is banned? I in the still South live now? there. Okay, <laughs> is this movie banned in the South? Were, were they considered? Uh, was that considered yeah. drag? Yeah, I saw Desantis. Uh... I saw Desantis personally going to libraries and tearing up copies of this. <laughs> 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 I I don't know. They're busy trying to ban things like. Or the dictionary, probably right now. Yes, we're probably trying to ban the encyclopedia. I think we think found the Stone Mountain solution. We replaced the Confederate generals on Stone Mountain with the Flintstones. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Why not do it? <laughs> it's a rock. The the rock it writes itself. Yes, it's a big rock. <laughs> why don't you replace it with something that the natives approve of? That would be great, but we are used to taking <laughs> also, them for I don't granted. think they approve of us carving big pictures in their rocks. So. Yeah, as well. Say, I think I like I'm stuck there. <laughs> they can honestly just live there for all I care. They could have the whole damn thing if they want yeah. it. Sure. Um, what about the what? What? What, bleh, what was your favorite bit of uh, production goofiness in this? This was a big budget movie that lost a whole lot of money and released. <laughs> yep, it did. Spielberg I love dinosaur roller coaster. Yes, Just I love the, the practical switch that Chip goes from win to lose. That's only used for <laughs> one shot. Yeah, but clearly yes. costs ten thousand dollars. Yes, <laughs> and you it's know like that while they're filming it, yeah, it's amazing. And while they're filming it, they're going, "All right, this is your money shot, dude." He's like, "I know." <laughs> it's very. Good. I liked. Um, I liked. I liked everything, Dino. I liked that. Uh, I liked. I liked the look. I liked the the colorful. Uh, the color palette that was used, and I think if I understand this correctly, they used the original Mel Blanc uh audio recordings uh, that's yes, indeed. for that mel blank was in this and the previous flintstone movie despite being dead <laughs> i don't i don't even think that's his last credit oh yeah, yeah it yeah. might never be hopefully not <laughs> in 2019 wow. what was that oh no that's cartoon classics 25 favorite cartoons never mind uh, okay that does not count. count yeah uh, anyway I think... anyway go ahead I'm, I'm sure he'd be cool with, with that happening, with his voice being used here. So, yeah, I, I, I actually hope so. I don't know. He, he could have been a curmudgeon who would have hated it, but I'd like they better to think... get AI working on his voice right now. They probably We're not. Input, ultimately. Well, they could just not do that because <laughs> yeah. that there are strikes about that right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Mel Blanc's not on strike. Well, I mean, in a way, on he's on the ultimate strike. <laughs> You're right. He he's he's never going to cross that picket line. In Japan, they don't strike; they just commit seppuku. So, oh my god, Me and Matt know about that kind of strike. <laughs> oh my oh, god, boy. I love it. I mean, I don't love it. It's very no. funny, though. <laughs> did, did did anybody what? think that Gazoo sounded like Stewie? Like, and I know this came out yep. around oh, the Stewie same time. Vibes. Around the same time, Family Guy did. Um, so yeah, I was I was picking up on that right away. Jess, I wonder if the you pretension. were thinking that too. The pretension of it all. I didn't think yeah. of it because I, I watched this before I watched um, Family Guy. So I, I have two them too distinctly in my ha head, especially Alan Cumming is an English uh, actor. So I didn't think of mm -hmm. it as a far stretch from his capabilities. Have any of you seen, though, as a total tangent, the episode with Ian McKellen and Stewie where... Uh, basically, Stewie reveals that he isn't English and like, like lets no. Ian McKellen die. It's it's only them 
for an entire episode and it's fantastic it's ridiculous but so good moving right along not. Uh, um, there's no there's no uh family guy started airing like a year before this came out so it probably didn't steal maybe. from it but yeah it was probably probably maybe. just coincidence what if it's like, uh, i mean i mean yeah. I, I, I think i think that pretentious british accent uh no offense luke is <laughs> is sort of sort of like the same thing as that when you get you get the lockjaw new england accent you know from the united states it's it just is what it is you know what i mean it's just it's just sort of a trope that that has been used time time and time again we heard luke go full pretentious last week when he did the plot summary for uh lawrence of arabia so <laughs> how long was your plot summary no, less than Matt's one for this film. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet it was. <laughs> <That's true>. Oh, <laughs> so, you can, so you can commit more to that then. <laughs> yeah, that's where Matt the camel came from. Long ask. Oh, yeah, Luke's, Luke's plot summary is probably like Lawrence uh, was an English guy came to free the uh, uh, mm -hmm. came came to free the people and uh, <laughs> the end. <laughs> and Mike Mike was here for the the really long one I did, and I've just been shortening it since then, and. and uh, <laughs> They've just been getting shorter. So, oh my! My last recap of uh, a Dark Horse comic of the Orville was over a thousand words. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, I and I never. I I'm always very grateful for how much work Mike does, and he he really puts a lot of thought and effort and time. And then I was scrolling through it, and I'm like, oh Jesus! <laughs> I was <laughs> once for once I was like, this wasn't that long of a book or a comic book. Yeah, usually but I try he, to get him down to like between around five minutes, so about seven hundred words or so. And this right. one, I just. I just, I, it's more time consuming to get it shorter. You're right. That you're first not, draft you're is not pretty blamed. long. I don't yeah. blame. No, you. I blame myself. I uh, okay. I blame you. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I blame Matt. The blame goes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, One I forgot what we were talking I had about. With the visuals <laughs> in this film. It, I liked how it looked, but part of me was thinking if you're making a live action Flintstones. Could it have been funnier to have the dinosaurs doing the exact same stuff, but they were like photo real Jurassic Park ones? <laughs> I mean, yeah, this this, this movie only made fifty eight million dollars domestically and like twenty four internationally. I think I think they probably already put too much effort into it. I mean, it. I am not kidding when I say this. This is what I want: a movie of you know the Jim Henson dinosaurs. But they use humans as their appliances. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. Yes, I want like human wheelbarrows and humans. You don't even just know like, about oh, your fetish. Um... <laughs> this has been a very fetish-filled episode, to be honest. Yes, <laughs> everyone's like dancing around it, like Twinkle Toes. Like I just don't want to say it, but I'm implying it. I'm you know, and you were talking. We were talking about the budget on this thing. How much do you think they had to pay to use the new radicals in this thing, man? Because I'm telling you what, um, maybe you've been brainwashed too. Is one of my favorite records from the '90s. I can listen to that thing from top to bottom to this day. Um, but I still think they probably didn't have to spend a lot of money on that track. That was very million dollar budget. Eighty-three million dollar budget. So whoa, that's yeah. a good, that's a big one. Yeah, that might edge out Ballistic X versus Sever. I think it might, yeah. <laughs> Wild. So yeah, I love that that your that your guys go to movie for 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 like baseline. <laughs> it it made a huge impression on all of us, except Luke who'd already seen it like five times. I think no, I'd only seen it once before. I played the okay, game a bunch of times. I think Speed the game two made more an impression on me because I really liked watching the boat 
go into the oil tank. I like village. that's the one where I'm like, that was a great movie and it belonged to be, it should have been on the good list. <laughs> Speed two, you know, the silence from Doctor Who, or if you're not looking at them, you can't remember them. Mm-hmm. That's that's the main actor from Speed Two for me. <laughs> that's that's, that's maybe not Keanu Reeves. You mean mm, yeah, exactly. non Keanu Reeves? They <laughs> say that might oversell how interesting he is. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Even when I'm looking I, at him, I can't remember him. him. Yeah, that's incredible. But it did it bother anybody that... that? Oh, go ahead, Matt. I was just saying, yeah, the the budget on this does blow my mind. I. Um, I, do you think we see all of that 83 million on screen? We do see a lot of production, yes. but do we who's see getting that paid like that? Who's getting paid millions of dollars um, in this cast? Aside from oh no, John, John Collins, John Collins, John Collins, John Collins, John Collins full, gets paid. They built a full house. They're practical cars, which still are on the Universal lot when you do the tour, so you can see at least one of, and maybe some of the original one, but it's definitely there's cars are operatable. They built like the little towns. They built work. They, the the set alone for where they're doing the dance to Viva Rock Vegas and at the hotel itself. Like, that's why I like it and it has charm still is because of how practical everything is. They had an entire set just for the upper crust mobile trailer park. Like, that, I, that, I don't think we saw that much. So there were sets all over the place yeah. that, that got used. They had, what was it, Slag, Slag Hoople Manor? Um, that the front was and back. That was a lit set, and it was you know not a single you know I mean not used for more than ten minutes, twelve maybe. I think so, that's that's what I mean. I think it's still like two thousand Universal's raking in dough, and they're like, we'll spend it on this stuff and just have it. And plus, time. the first one grossed like three hundred and almost three hundred and sixty million dollars. So they prop now. I don't know why it was six wow. years between movies, which well, is this fucking is crazy. Thing. Because Actors, you want you want to strike while is, the iron's hot. Yeah, John Goodman declined, and Rick Moranis retired. So this just uh, torpedoed everything, apparently. And then they sort of pushed it back, and then decided, well, we'll just do a prequel, which is a terrible idea. I mean, just despite so how <laughs> it, despite how good it is, I just think that watching characters dream about the life that we know that they'll eventually have is not like enough to or they yeah. could have they could have just made it a prequel where people are just doing their thing the, the that's, stakes that's the issue I like, I the, like the, the stakes idea. aren't very high you know yeah. how it's going to end i do kind yeah. of like the idea of doing a film about them meeting though like that's a cute yeah they could uh. have actually been on the you know how they were dating the wrong person and that lasted like three minutes like if that, that could have been, been the half main the plot movie. Of the film, that could have yeah. been funnier than that the weird the gambling whole... casino thing. Yeah. What What do you think That's Betty fair. and Barney were going to go do until the next morning? I was. They didn't really explain that to me. I was a little. Mike oh, still doesn't know about Something sex. They were going to the fetishes <laughs> They were going to show the great gazoo how sex works. He was going <laughs> to get his penis erect and it, and he was going to insert it repeatedly into I think we, I think yeah we're they, they were, were going to come right? across the uh the, the genus homo erectus like like gazoo i think i've seen all i need to see <laughs> i think it's time for me to go i do wonder uh, if there's a spot for like kind of right around the year 2000 somewhat fantastical movies that we need to reassess uh, matt i gotta stop you right there there is a spot 
and your life has told me you don't know where it is. <laughs> Are you talking about Wild Wild West, Matt? No, I was talking about the country is that bears. What you call it where you come from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the spot. You just hit it and it's like, yeah, wiki, wiki, wild, wild west. <laughs> wiki, 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 scratch. Anyway, your jokes are, are keeping me from singing the praises of the Country Bears movie. So that's another one I recently <laughs> um, saw that, you know, you're just like, God, I'd never watch that. I think it's 2002. I'm like, I watch it like, wow, I like that movie. I mean, so <laughs> kind of with this one, too, like it's supposed to be a train wreck. You watch it and then you're kind of like, hey, I like this movie. <laughs> There, but there you know, but, but but it was it was it was a roller coaster, right? Because Kazu said the great Guzu said something like, "Animal prints are so passe," and I was like, "You know, that's a good message, right?" Because you know, animal prints oh, or you know, animal skins are are passe, and I like that. But then Barney chains Dino to a tree and leaves, and I'm like, "You can't do that to your pet." So I was glad Dino showed up with the tree chained to him at slag hoople manor because that's what happens when you chain your pet to a tree it doesn't end well it was well deserved but it was also kind of insane that needs a john goodman delivery (laughs) this is what happens when you chain your dinosaur (laughs) to a tree also yeah john goodman wilma was upset that her mom got so angry at fred fred did ruin that party Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he yes. did he lost a million money. he lost a million rocks, you know? And the so, guy Clams. Sorry, Greg from Dharma and Greg said <laughs> I will forgive your gambling debt that you definitely incurred yourself if you just leave town and never talk to Wilma again and you just and you just do that and then tell Wilma, Hey, meet me in Saint Roxford or something and what is he gonna do? Surveil you with pterodactyls? You know? Just, just take the deal. Just take the deal, man. Just take, take the, the deal. deal. Um, you could have just said Rockford. Uh, it didn't have to be St. Rockford. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. I actually think that they forgave Wilma way too quickly. She's the real villain. She doesn't <laughs> tell them that she's not that she's rich. She's the liar. Everyone's like, that's okay. I'm just going to go get her a huge ring. Or it's fine. I let you live in my apartment. And so, yes, maybe Flintstone had uh, Fred. Fred had some ulterior motives and, 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 and lost a lot of money. But the real true bad person in this film is Wilma, honestly. So. Also, he really? got a loan to open a casino. Which, like, yeah, that's how it works. Right. But not not on the understanding that he would pay it back with the casino's profits. He had to pay it back before it opened. <laughs> there was that. And and do you think all mobsters in the Flintstone age are named Rocco? Because it seemed like they're all named Rocco. But you know what was interesting? The guy who opened a casino, his name was Chip. Think about that. Oh, oh think wow. about two puns. I um I mean, does that count as your pun, or is that just the filmmaker's pun and it took you a long time to notice? I'll give him credit. <laughs> I'm, I'll I'm give a the, big yeah. enough I mean, I didn't I'll notice either. Like, I did notice. I put it in my notes, but anyway. Do you think Chip this... gets Joe pesci off screen at the end of this movie? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Just making sure. <laughs> Dharma comes in and just like puts him in a hole with no food. Uh, also, yeah, as a dinosaur like... nerd, I was annoyed that the joke was, you'll be sleeping with the Tunasauruses. Instead of just actually naming an aquatic like marine reptile, <laughs> like what you think the audience is too dumb to know what a plesiosaur is or something? 
Well, they are. They are too dumb to yeah, know the name. I don't know. Do you think? Uh, do you think well, Betty's too the, dumb? They know the do name think... of the tuna that doesn't exist yet. Do you think Betty was too dumb to know what uh, "meet my bandmates" me- means when a rock star says that to you? <laughs> oh no, no, Betty fucks. Betty knows. That. <laughs> Betty did fuck Mick Jagged one hundred percent. She fucked all of the Rolling Stones. She did, like like "meet my bandmates" is not, you know, it's no, yeah, that's, that's a gangbang. She so Mick Jagged and the other Rolling Stones, they got their and... names. <laughs> she is still the best thing about this movie, even after fucking all of the Rolling Stones. I mean, um, saying that that would like actually, there's her? nothing would that wrong with that. Her, Mark? No, no, I was not. Well, wow. she was sort of in a relationship, but I don't know. Maybe she wasn't. No, she saw, she saw him touching titties. So yeah, she's dumb oh, yeah. though. She's a little dumb. Fair. She also, first of all, we like her, but her taste is Barney Rubble. That's With that really that's well, well, even worse. Her taste is Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> yeah. Rick Moranis, you know that would be well. He belongs to another. He's another echelon of human for sure. Be a yeah. good, a good. I thought you were going to say human. Rick Moranis belongs to the streets. For a <laughs> he belongs. Rocks, rocky he belongs street. right here, bro. So maybe, maybe Matt can answer this for me, or maybe someone else can. Was the song that? that they did but that fred sang with the band was that a real song or was that just made up for this film it was for this film had to be i didn't recognize it okay um, and also i thought maybe it was a rolling stones song because i just don't know that much about rolling stones they had like kind of a i think an acoustic guitar stony thing going on but they, they were i don't think stony. they were like stony yeah i don't think they were like uh doing anything in particular now i uh um, I... I went to a rolling stones concert before i was born Nice. How was it? I don't know. It was muffled. It was muffled. (laughs) Did Mick Jagger probably gave me developmental problems? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's why I'm so short because I got shaken around at a Rolling Stones concert while my mum was pregnant. (laughs) So me up. Kind of a. a, <laughs> um, like a persistent theme through the movie was the the Twinkle Toes things. Do you guys remember mm-hmm. Twinkle yep. Twinkle Toes Flintstones from the? I'll just say the original series. Very Flintstonesy. Very Flintstonesy. I assume Fred, they were Twinkle Toes to Flintstone. Even though I don't think Wilma liked bowling, did she bowl? Am I crazy? She maybe she I got over it. Remember? I want to say I've seen her in a bowling shirt. In that could be show? totally made up. Again, like I can send you links to her in a bowling <laughs> show. <laughs> this links to her in a bowling ball and like an octopus and a few. An octopus. And... Yeah. Well, you know, a bowling ball has three holes. <laughs> yes. And uh, five left. All, all like, as we all know, like... so does Betty. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That's also a joke that's in Kingpin, which I hope is not on the filth list because that's a great film. Oh, I, I think it is some it's in the nether region between between film and filth. That's too bad. We need a name. We need a name for that region. Where most films region probably most live. Films, yeah. With most films, yes. The filthy zone. Uh, yeah. 6.9. Wow. That's not bad at all. That's pretty good. That's for actually pretty nice. Comedy. So let's get that 10 star review. I'd like to I'd like to hear it now. Oh, yeah. I, I guess pull up. I, I've got a one or two up. I, I guess nobody is like going to call this movie filthy except for maybe a bit of the filthy fetish stuff and, and Betty's night out with the stones um, 
I can't. Uh, much like Jingle All the Way, which we covered in the previous version of this podcast, same director and the other Flintstones movie. Can't really hate them. They're not great. I love Jingle can't All the Way. Okay. Go, same director. Well, I have I have a ten star here, which I'm basically just going because the uh, uh, the title is another Yabba Dabba delight. Yabba twenty two. This is one brilliant and enjoyable film, despite what a lot of narrow-minded critics say. Mark Addy is magnificent. He is as close as you're going to get to the cartoon. Excuse me. And Jane Krakowski is Betty Rubble. Stephen Baldwin is good as Barney Rubble. He plays him as a bumbling idiot, which for Stephen Baldwin comes naturally. (laughs) (laughs) Who is Kristen Johnson trying to be herself? Uh, Excuse me. Who was Kristen Johnson trying to be? Herself? That is true. She did a fine job. If she was trying to play Wilma Flintstone, she has a long, long, long way to go. The script is brilliantly. Yeah, I don't know how you give 10 stars with these kind of critiques. It's a very funny and touching story. The special effects and production design are amazing. Brian Levant, the director, should be very proud. This is quite an accomplishment. I can watch it and have a yabba dabba two time. Well, they just didn't like Kristen Johnson's thing. It seems no, like they the had, rest of it. They had legitimate critiques that would then, like each criticism, everyone's like this, this, like that's 0.5 so, off of the star. Yeah. So, so I mean, would you think a 10 is a perfect film? I mean, I guess 10 out of 10 would be right. I've, not I've said those kind before. of critiques. I've said this before. I refuse to rate anything a 10. I don't believe that a 10 film is ex- exists yet. I think you can write in a your 10. heart. I think you can write a 10. My heart is empty. And it's waiting for that 10 star film to finally exist. Well, I feel very sad for you then. Well, here, here is this. You should. I feel sad. terrible all the time. Is this one more your speed? Is this one more your speed? 10 okay. out of 10. Nice. Pretty decent movie. I especially love the script and the stellar cast. Finished. That's a 10. <laughs> That's a 10. Nice. Yeah. Pretty decent movie. Nice. Pretty <laughs> decent movie. 10. <laughs> they clearly didn't take long writing it. They clearly did yeah. not take long writing that. No, so. it's, you know why? It's because this, it's the son of the director who's just like, come on, I need a higher rating, please. <laughs> there were only like six, 10 reviews on IMDb, which honestly, I mean, the human centipede two full sequence had like 20 10 star reviews. That's because that only has 10 star and zero star. Like, no one is in the middle on that one. <laughs> yeah, this thing has a pretty oh, bathtub in cape, the sh- shaved. Uh, this one has a pretty bathtub shaved curve also, I think. Um, a lot of haters and some lovers. Oh, there's a bathtub in Human Centipede, too. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can find one that's... Uh, this is Some of these just don't... This is the thing. This is rated poorly because it is a movie based on a known quantity that people are dissatisfied on how the quantity is handled. Yes, that's it, why this that's why you can't trust this stuff. Exactly. And that's what Luke always says, and he's right. You can't trust IMDB at all. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't I don't like any aggregation of scores. I think it's meaningless. I like that. But here we are, though, assigning meaning and re- doing yeah. a show based off of that meaning. That's Matt right. tells me to watch a film when I come and I crack jokes, like, whatever. There we go. But you're here because <laughs> of that meaning. I mean, um, I just like the idea of having, like, this weird arbitrary list that sends us in directions that we wouldn't. Oh, yeah, 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 no, I, I get that. It's like it's um, like doing eaching and, you know, throwing tetragrams. That's kind of which my, is very fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. um, yeah, we can write. I think we've said everything we want to say about the Flintstones Viva. Rock I Vegas. just, so I just um, hitting a wall. So yeah, no problem. The only thing I have to say is that I looked up what the plot of Viva Las Vegas is, and it has nothing to do with this. Okay. That's all I have to say. Well, that's good. That's 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 that means this one's original. 
Well, also, no, tread rocks. <laughs> also, Rock Vegas is terrible, and this should be called Beware Rock Vegas. <laughs> yeah, but dabba, don't gamble, kids. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but dabba, don't gamble. I like that. Yeah. Hey, uh, you got any of that fan art where Fred gave uh, Wilma the pearl necklace back? Right. Before we wrap up, everyone take your guess. How many results for Wilma on rule 34.xxx? Mm, 947. 2,500. 947,000. Uh, Matt's actually closest. <laughs> Only 450. Huh. No. I guess, okay. I guess that. The teens these days are not jacking off to Wilma from the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> the, the teens since 2006 or so. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. I guess we'll close up the shop. And uh, Mike, you want to talk a bit about, about the Oroville? You have me reading comic books now. I'm two in. Two in of the... Oh boy. the Comic. Oh, that's nice great. Podcast. Yeah. Um, so David Goodman, who uh executive producer of the Orville, uh prolific writer uh for you know TV, uh Family Guy, the Golden Girls, uh Team Night Rider, that short-lived season, uh, and friend of the show, um, had never written a comic book before, so he wanted to take on that challenge. And he wrote uh two stories and four issues uh called season 1.5 that were placed uh uh, in between seasons one and two, as you may have guessed, and uh, four more issues telling two stories placed uh, between seasons two and three. Um, and then they added two more stories onto that. So there's a total of um, uh, four uh, four stories, eight issues in season 2.5, all available on a library edition, uh, hardcover book, uh, or I use the Kindle edition. And Jessica and I have been doing a deep dive into them, but the artwork is beautiful it's by an artist named uh david cabeza uh matthew atea does the coloring david goodman does the writing and they are they are really really very well written very fleshed out orville stories some of them were stories that he pitched uh for the shows that they just didn't have time in the production schedule to do um and jessica and i are, are digging into those right now as soon as we get through all six of those uh which we just recorded number five and dropped um uh, number six will be dropped by the time this episode is released. Uh, we'll have David Goodman on there for a supplemental as well as David Cabeza uh, to chat about those. Um, and that's what's going on there, on there. And then we're planning on a crossover um, with Jeffrey T. Aiken from the Starfleet Leadership Academy uh, to talk about leadership uh, issues and decision making and things like that. Um, on the Orville, specifically like Ed Mercer's leadership journey. So that's what's going on there. Um, I can't say season four is uh, going to happen, um, but I can say I'm very optimistic that it's, that it's going to happen. Uh, there's There's been a lot of interest. Um, there's been a lot of cancellations of other shows. Um, and right now we're in a position uh, with the writer's strike that nothing kind of new can get announced um, other than cancellations. So that that definitely gives me uh, more optimism than I've than I've had, you know, say over the course of the last year that we're going to see a season four of the Orville. And you can catch us uh, at uh, ML underscore the Orville on Twitter. Um, mission log hyphen the Orville at Roddenberry dot com or mission log pod on Facebook. And you can catch us on all the podcatchers as well as on the Roddenberry YouTube channel if you like to watch your uh podcasts and uh jessica is very entertaining um and she is uh uh I, I think i think if you're not watching the youtube version you're missing out because there's a lot of um reactions and and um uh things that she brings 
to these to these episodes that you can catch on the on the uh, YouTube channel. All right. Thank you both for coming on. That was awesome. And uh, just the right number of sex jokes for this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she sent me an LOL after she left. So I I, I thought for a second, maybe I offended her into leaving, but it doesn't seem like it. (laughs) She timed it perfectly. So she left just as we started talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we're on Twitter and Facebook at Films and Filth. You can find us online. Just search Films and Filth in your podcasting app of choice. Make sure you rate and review, like and subscribe. Please tell your friends about it. We're still kind of new, still haven't found our audience. Um, Matt should maybe post the full list of 200 films online. I hope that would help people like watch along and get into it. Um, sure. And if you want to help support the podcast, keep it online. You can find us at patreon.com slash podcastiopodcastius. There you'll find links to all the other shows we make. Uh, none of them, for the most part, are hidden behind a paywall, but that's just where you can find them all. Patreon.com slash podcastio podcastius. Kick rocks, listeners. Peace.